Happy Thanksgiving, you filthy animals, and welcome to Under the Bridge. <laughs> welcome to Under the Bridge. That was a little aggressive. <laughs> yeah, I I felt like doing that quote from Home Alone, too, but I gave it a little twist, because it's supposed to be Merry Christmas. Oh, fair. Well, yeah, but... But of course, it's not Christmas yet. Yeah, the Christmas celebrations can come when Thanksgiving has passed. Yeah, honestly, I, I wouldn't mind having a couple weeks in between, but... Right. That is not the nature of our capitalistic society. <laughs> Fair. Did I say welcome to Under the Bridge yet? <laughs> you did say welcome to Under the Bridge, and I got distracted <laughs> by how aggressive the intro was. <laughs> True. I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And, yeah, the, the holidays or whatever. It's the holidays. It's the holidays. Interestingly, we are recording this a day earlier than we usually do, so we might miss some... If there's some earth-shattering news that happens on Monday and we don't cover it, that's why. We'll get to it. Right. We'll get to it. Indeed. We, we will get to it when the getting comes. Yeah, when it's there to be got. You're it's there to be gotten. Anyways, uh, let's talk about something <laughs> that I don't understand, but oh is boy. apparently very important to today's youth. Uh, let's talk about Fortnite. <laughs> I, which... Ironically, I feel like if we've talked about it before, I genuinely can't remember. I feel like this is the first time you've ever talked about Fortnite on this show. <laughs> I think this is genuinely the first news item about Fortnite that's ever come up. <laughs> right. <laughs> to be fair, we don't always have gaming news every week, and I usually only talk about stuff that matters to me. Yeah, and I was saying, and with that as well, neither of us play Fortnite, as far as I'm aware, at least. <laughs> yes. However, there's been a content rating update. Mm-hmm. That restricts the use of some cosmetics and locker items. I don't under I don't know what Fortnite creative islands are, but apparently some there's maps and some of them can be rated E. As a result, some cosmetics have been given a rating of T, and have been banned from those creative islands. So wh- what has my interest in this? Because from what I understand, this hasn't actually been like integrated yet, right? They're just talking about doing this. No, it's happened. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, okay, so then my question is, is this just Epic Games themselves doing it, or is this actually being rated by the ESRB, too? Because if it's being done by the ESRB, that opens up a huge can of worms. <laughs> yeah, I am not seeing where this came from, so yeah, it could be Fortnite just trying to stay ahead of the curve and try mm. to beat the ESRB to the punch. Right. The real downside, though, is that Apparently, the decisions on what what's rated T and what isn't are stupid. Oh boy. Yeah, uh, I think Venom has been restricted, but Michael Myers and his <laughs> knife pickaxe have not been. Ah, uh, d- no. <laughs> right? Isn't that just bizarre? That's, that is just ex- like completely backwards. And of course, the general ickiness of, oh, this this cosmetic item that you paid money for, yeah, you can't use it in all aspects of the game anymore. Good luck. Yeah, that's that's a little gross. That's a Thanks tiny for bit spending gross. money. <laughs> Thanks for probably voting us best ongoing game at the Game Awards before we did this. I mean, it's probably going to win that award regardless. <laughs> I, I pray not. Genshin Impact's got a pretty big fan base, as I understand it. Mm, true. true. Genshin true. Impact could take it. I don't know who else is out there. This is a weird timeline. <laughs> this is a very weird timeline. Uh, Fortnite has actually issued a statement on the backlash to this update, though. Oh, have they? 
Yes, they said about 7% of Fortnite outfits can only be equipped in Islands Rated Teen. Over the next year, we will enable most of these outfits to be compatible with all ratings by having them auto-adjust appearance based on the island you want to play. Okay, that's... Something. That, yeah, that's better. <laughs> but also, assuming that you had the foresight to know this was coming, why, why didn't you work on that? I'm, I can only assume the answer is something to, involving investors, but it feels like it would have made more sense to just take the extra time to also make those changes to the cosmetics and then just do it all together in one go yeah plus you know triple a gaming is a cesspool of worker exploitation so that probably didn't have enough time that's too (laughs) i'm sad to say it really is sad when you break it down like that but um Mm -hmm. nah that's 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 just how it'd be indeed so anyways that's probably the last time i ever cover fortnite on one of these Uh, we'll see. I still don't know what how that game works. I don't either. Well, I kind of do, but I still have no interest in playing it. The only thing I really know about the game is that I kind of have respect for the fact that the people who make the game were able to make so much money on cosmetics and not necessarily by breaking the game with advantage things. So Yeah. I will give the game that much. I got a couple little uh, Taika Waititi updates. Oh boy. Yeah, so at the premiere of Next Goal Wins, mm-hmm. he was asked about his Star Wars movie. <laughs> oh, and I'm curious what the answer was to that, or what the response was to that. Well, it's still happening. Okay. And his exact quote was, It will be, dramatic pause, a Taika Waititi film. You know... <laughs> That, it's funny how, even though I gen- I do actually, like, genuinely like this man and, and how kind of batshit he is with his creativity, that's one of those things where when you say that, it's like, no, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> oh, just wait, because he also added, it's gonna piss people off. No, don't, <laughs> don't lean into that. <laughs> Bro, I know Star Wars fans are unpleasable. Yeah. I mean, not, because there are some things they like, but I know that, like, on the whole... It doesn't help that the Star Wars fandom is so huge that you're never going to make 100% of the people happy, and that's true for everything, but it becomes more true the bigger the fan base becomes. Yes. So for something like Star Wars, it's pretty much a coin toss if you hit 50%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, let's, don't go out of your way to piss off the people who like the thing that you're making a thing out of, because that's what happened with your fucking Thor movies! <laughs> yeah... I think you're a fantastic filmmaker, but I will never forgive you for the damage you've done to one of my favorite superheroes, you (laughs) fucking clown. (laughs) Hey, man. (laughs) It's just a movie, man. (laughs) Uh, It's just a movie, bro. Hmm. I could see him saying- I could see him saying that, like, as As himself. As Korg, too. (laughs) Fully CGI. Yeah, just breaking the fourth wall of Mency and saying that exact line. <laughs> yeah. Also, in an interview with Inverse, he mm-hmm. did confirm uh, he's not going to be involved in a hypothetical Thor 5. Oh, really? He also said he heard that Chris Hemsworth and Marvel are in talks about it. Uh, huh. So, hmm. Wonder how that would happen if we don't get Chris Hemsworth back as Thor, then. Oh, we'll probably get him back. Yeah, I mean, it's like, chances are we're gonna get him back, but... I wonder what they would have to pull if it this if it didn't go through. Just cast someone else. He's not 
He's good. He's not irreplaceable. Fair. Anyways, Waititi said he needed a break from that. It's a very draining process working on these films for two and a half years and nonstop. Mm. Which is fair. Yeah, ex- absolutely. Because, just, wow. Yeah. <laughs> especially when, especially when, like, okay, I I think Thor Love and Thunder got the reception it deserved, actually deserved a little worse, but... <laughs> it can't be easy working on all that shit, probably part of it through the pandemic, and then have it come out to that. Yeah, no, that's fair. Especially not when most of the public really liked Ragnarok and gave you a bunch of praise for it. <laughs> well, don't worry, Mr. Waititi. I didn't suddenly turn on you. I hated your Thor movies from Go. <laughs> At least one person stayed consistent. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's actually focusing now on an adaptation of Clara and the Sun, a dystopian sci-fi novel about a robot chosen to be your companion for a sickly child. He said the stories. Something that I've been wanting to do for a little while now, and so I want to focus on that, and then I've got all this backlog of other things. Presumably including the Star Wars movie, I think he's still... Is he still working on an Akira movie? I think so? Jesus. I think so, hold on. Busy man. Yeah, indeed. Uh, April 2023, Waititi stated he aims to begin working on the film again after completing his upcoming Star Wars film. That's not encouraging. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, distributed by Warner Brothers? Oh, it's doomed! Yeah, it's fucking doomed. And <laughs> what's going to be interesting about that is that I've seen... I haven't watched all of the original Akira, but I've seen bits and pieces, and it is a movie that I very much would describe as nightmare fuel. Hmm. So part of me... It's the whole thing of, like, I'm interested, but I, I'm afraid of what Taika Waititi <laughs> Akira would look like. I feel like it would be even more nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah. Now, I just want to stress, I wasn't laughing at the film being cancelled because that's not a funny idea. I was laughing at the fact that, you know, uh, if 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 the shoe fits, mm. it'll write it off. Right. Which, speaking of, perfect transition to making fun of David Zaslav a little bit more. Alright, what, what dumb shit did he do this time? Well, uh, well talking about the WGA deal, mm-hmm. he said of the writers guild. <laughs> oh boy. Or of the writers in general. Mm. They're right about almost everything. So what if we overpay? I've never regretted overpaying for great <laughs> talent or a great asset. Uh, it's like, it had in the first half, not gonna lie. <laughs> Bold word choice from the man who gets paid millions of dollars to not release movies. To not release finished movies. <laughs> you fucking scumbag. You absolute head up your ass completely unaware, fucking ding-dong. Mm. I hope you're fired. <laughs> yeah. I I imagine they're keeping him around because he's got to have some kind of financial benefit because otherwise it's like, I it don't get... It can't be that easy to remove either. I mean, fair, tr- but it's like, at this point, I'm surprised there hasn't been some kind of, like, Warner Brothers coup d'etat. Right? Just get rid of this dude. I'm pretty sure their stock has taken another hit after that one. Oh, probably. And, uh, icing on the cake, and this oh, might not turn into anything, but mm-hmm. in the wake of the Coyote versus Acme nonsense, Warner Brothers got slammed by, of all things, a congressman from Texas. <laughs> really? Yeah, Joaquin Castro actually put a call out for the Justice Department and Federal Trade Commission to look into whether the studios violated antitrust guidelines. Hmm, I mean, that's worth investigating, because I imagine there's got to be something in that effect, and so he's like, 
we're talking about the, um, these people canceling finished or near finished movies. So yeah, I mean to be fair, he said this on Twitter, so you know the odds of this ever leading to anything are slim and none. But fair enough. Uh, Representative Castro wrote. The WD tactic of scrapping fully made films for tax breaks is predatory and anti-competitive. As the Justice Department and FTC revise their antitrust guidelines, they should review this conduct. As someone remarked, it's like burning down a building for the insurance money. Apt. Mm. Yeah, quite. Apt. Yes. Now, I believe, and I could be wrong about this, and I don't mean to speak in total def- in any defense of Warner Brothers doing this, but I believe that the ability to write these movies off only applies to movies that were greenlit before the merger, hmm. which would make sense. It's basically them saying, well, we got saddled with this thing that we don't think is actually going to help us because previous management said so. On the flip side, the farther away you get from that merger happening... The, the less, like, the less like leeway you get. Yeah, the, the sooner you need to either shit or get off the pot. Exactly. And by shit or get off the pot, I mean release the damn movie. <laughs> I shouldn't make it sound like there's an option there. Yeah, it's it's like no, you just you just put the movie out. If it does bad, it does bad. If it does good, it does good. Like literally every other freaking movie that in Hollywood existence. Yeah, frankly, if Warner Brothers collapsed, I wouldn't even bat an eye. I'd be a little bit sad about you know not getting to see James Gunn's DCU, but at this point, in the grand scheme of things, it's a sunk cost fallacy. It's like fucking. Yeah, I'll be sad if they recast Jonathan Majors, but if it's because they found the man guilty of being an abuser, then fuck, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Get rid of him. <laughs> I'm gonna move on now. Alrighty. <laughs> we got quite a few little bits of casting news, which, speaking of James Gunn's DCU... Oh boy. It is now confirmed that Superman Legacy has cast Maria Gabriela de Faria to play the engineer of the Authority. Who is that? Uh... She's the engineer. <laughs> wow, how compelling. <laughs> Look, the Authority is a weird, bonkers fucking concept. She's basically like a technopath with a nanotech suit built into her body. Okay. She can do a lot of wacky stuff, functionally, using nanotech. Nano machine, son. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry. That's <Yeah. laughs> no, fine. I, <laughs> so the interesting part is that previously when asked, James Gunn said, I never said the authority would be present. So this means one of two things. Either one, he was misdirecting us, or two, the authority, as in the group, is not in the movie. But she is. Yeah, like just certain members of the authority are going to be showing up. Yeah. I'm really hoping we don't get... Because I've heard some ideas that Superman Legacy might include an adaptation of What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, and the American Way. And I'm all for seeing that adapted eventually, but you gotta have Manchester Black in there. You just gotta. I, I don't know who Manchester Black is. <laughs> uh, he's a psychic asshole. So a psychic. Yeah. The, okay. the, the premise of, <laughs> the, the premise of uh, what's so funny about Truth, Justice, and the American Way is that a new supergroup called the Elite shows up who aren't afraid to use lethal force to deal with supervillains. And okay. they, keep calling su- they keep calling out Superman and getting in his way and being assholes and going, you're old hat, old man, you're washed up. Get out of mm. here. And uh, they keep fucking with them. They even make it look like Lois, like they managed to kill Lois. Superman snaps, beats the shit out of them, has Manchester Black shit in his pants, thinking he's going to be next to die. And then Superman just goes, yeah, no, they're all fine. Your mates are good. See how scary it would be if I did cut loose? Fuck off. 
<laughs> I'm paraphrasing it. It's much more inspirational than that, but uh, it's. A, but that's, I like the story. That's the general gist, more or less. Yeah, but I feel like it doesn't work without Manchester Black. You know what? That's fair, especially if he's the ringleader of all that. I mean, you could make it work without Manchester Black. I'm just being picky. Mm. Anyway, Superman Legacy. I can't wait. Very excited. Oh, yeah. The more things they throw in here, ironically, the the, the more hype I get. But we, there's actually progress being made in that it's still happening and that Zaslav hasn't Zaslavved all over it yet. Uh, don't, don't put, don't speak that evil into existence. <laughs> don't you do it. I'm not trying to, I'm just being real. <laughs> now this next bit is something I would usually hold off until it was confirmed to be a done deal, but because the trades have reported that it's in the works, I feel like it's worth commenting on. Alrighty. Which is that, per deadline, Pedro Pascal is in talks with Marvel Studios to play Mr. Fantastic. Ah, uh, Man, this is a... This is this is a weird one. <laughs> I don't hate that idea. Mm-hmm. But I'd feel a lot better about the idea if this was ten years ago. Yeah, because who played Mr. Fantasmic? Mr. Fantasmic. (laughs) Mr. Boombastic Elephantastic. Armored Fantastic Four, Project Phantasma. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Who played Mr. Fantastic in in the second Doctor Strange movie? Oh, John Krasinski? I wonder what's happening with him in that regard. Well... As I understand it, Sam Raimi said they got him because of all the fan cast and because this was just going to be a one-off thing. Mm. So it sounds like he's not particularly interested in doing it long-term. Or he might not be what they're looking for long-term. Mm, fair enough. And the reason I say I would have preferred Pedro Pascal ten years ago isn't because I feel like his acting was better back then or because I had any opinion ten years ago. It's because he's already 48, which means by the time Fantastic Four, the first one comes out, he will be 50. Mm. Wait... Pedro Pascal's 48? Yes. Holy sh... What do these men have between freaking him and... Oh, why am I blinking on the man who plays Ant-Man? Paul Rudd? Paul Rudd. Especially Paul Rudd. What are these people eating? What, what like, blood sacrifices are being made to make them look this good? <laughs> have you seen Family Guy? James Woods explained it. They drain the vitality of, young, of younger people who aren't celebrities to keep themselves alive. <laughs> Obviously. I feel like that is the only acceptable answer, because it's like, this man does not look like he's in his late 40s. Nah. Like, holy shit. <laughs> but no, my big concern is Mr. Fantastic already being 50 in the first film, because, I mean, he's he's not a legacy character. There's, there's not a second Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. So either they don't plan for this team to stick around a long time, mm. which is a bad idea. Right. Or maybe... So, there's rumors going around that Secret Wars is going to be, like, a soft reboot of the MCU, and it's going to, like, make a world where the X-Men and the Fantastic Four have always existed, and carrying on from that, the Fantastic Four that we get are going to be from another universe entirely. Why are we getting a soft reboot of the MCU? I kind of fucking hate those ideas. Yeah, like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, the idea of a soft reboot is it would let them basically restart the universe... And this time you could actually have, like, Iron Man and Mr. Fantastic interact with each other? Doesn't that kind of throw the entire, like, what, last 15 years of work in the gutter, then? A little bit, but, you know. 
I can I can see where they'd want to do it. I just don't like the idea. Mostly yeah. because I hate the fucking concept. I, 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 I'm so sick of the idea of, but they got to explain where mutants have been all this, all this time. Shut the fuck up. No, they fucking don't. You know what the thing about mutants is? They're a really small percentage of the population. Yeah. Like, oh, people are randomly popping up with superpowers. Great. That happens in this world. <laughs> I'm doing some math. How many people are on the planet now? Seven billion? I think, I want to say we've passed 7 billion. Hold on a sec, I'm doing some quick maths. 7.8. So, uh... 7.8? Holy shit, that's a lot more than I thought. <laughs> when did we pass 7 billion that... people? Okay, there we go. 2011, yeah, okay. That's, sorry. uh, that's like 2% of the population... Uh, no, sorry, I, I skipped ahead of where I was going here. 16 okay. million mutants died in a massacre on Genosha in the comics. <laughs> okay. That's 2% of the population. Alrighty. And that was with almost all of them gathered in one place. Hmm. So let's say you trim those numbers down, you make it 8 million, that's 1%. You could have 1 million mutants. That would hmm. still be more characters than Marvel could ever fucking use, and it's barely a drop in the bucket. Right. There is no need to explain where mutants have been this whole fucking time. They've just been doing their own fucking shit. Oh, but yeah. why did they show up for Endgame? Why the fuck would they? Does Doctor Strange have their number? No? <laughs> then they're not gonna be there! Fucking idiots. Does the rat that rescued Ant-Man have their number? <laughs> <laughs> he was the real hero. Bring him in. He'll beat Thanos. <laughs> Anyways, that was my long, vitriolic rant about mutant maths. Mm-hmm. Pedro Pascal would be a good Mr. Fantastic, though. I I would I can see Pedro Pascal, if nothing else, having the the wonderful energy to be Mr. Fantastic. Despite my... Tr I mean, he's a good dad. Yeah. Pedro Pascal is best dad. <laughs> Indeed. That's very important. So we knew a while back that Stephen Young was going to be part of the Thunderbolts. Mm-hmm. And the rumor was he was playing the Sentry, but that was not confirmed. Okay. It may have just been confirmed by, of all people, Robert Kirkman, who is not involved with the Thunderbolts in any meaningful capacity, but found out because Stephen Young told him. <laughs> okay. So, while I think he was participating in a stream, or just, like, sitting in on a stream from comics artist David Finch, mm -hmm. he mentioned that Stephen Young had called him recently, just coming off a costume fitting for a role as a Marvel superhero, the Sentry. Hmm. Okay. And then Kirkman realized that might have been a secret. <laughs> His reaction was, Whoops. I don't think this is going to get anybody in trouble. And then just switch gears to, I don't care, I don't work for Marvel, what are they going to do to me? It's, it's like, oh, it was a secret? Whoops, my bad. <laughs> so, the Sentry is a hot fucking mess, frankly. Is that right? He's one of the many, many Marvel send-ups of Superman, only this is basically what if, like, Superman-level powers, but mentally unstable. That sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah, he's also <laughs> his literal own worst enemy. Part of the reason why it sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> like, his nemesis is actually his own repressed persona, the Void. Oh. Or it might be something else. I don't know. The Sentry's history is full of... Retcons nonsense. and revisionism and... Yeah, nonsense. That's the one. <laughs> Case in point, he was made in the 2000s, but he was retconned into, oh no, I've existed since the 60s, but I made everybody forget about me. 
How? I Doctor Strange or something? I don't know. That's stupid. Man, I never thought I'd get to the point where saying where the answer is Doctor Strange would would be a cop out. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, look what happened with No Way Home. You calling that a cop out? <laughs> yeah. So I thought. Hmm. Outside of casting news, I got one more update, which is that Destin Daniel Cretton is no longer directing Avengers The Kang Dynasty. Okay. And some people are taking this to mean, oh, they're moving away from Kang, and I'm thinking if that was the case, then they would rename the movie. Yeah, or they would, or they would say, announce something in regards to that. I truly don't understand this insistence on people peddling the idea that Marvel's going to move away from the Kang story just because of the Jonathan Majors thing, because it's like, bruh! This is literally the easiest character in the world to recast. Yeah, it's like, it's literally a all-powerful shapeshifter. He can be you, whatever the hell you want. You've established there's a million of the fuckers. Some of which don't even look like Jonathan Majors. I mean, so far they've all looked like Jonathan Majors, but you've also established variants don't have to be played by the same actor, case in point, Spodermans. Yeah, right. Easy enough. Anyways, <laughs> it sounds like that is not the case, because... The reason he's apparently exiting is so he can focus on his other Marvel projects. Oh, really? It wouldn't surprise me if this means Kang Dynasty is probably looking at yet another setback, and therefore Secret Wars is, but hey, fine. Spread out the multiverse saga all you want. You probably need the time to work on it. Yeah, and joining Blade in the wonderful, loving category of movies we will never see before we die. <laughs> Anyways, according to the Deadline article that reported it, He's currently busy working on both the sequel to Shang-Chi, which we still don't have a date for. Honestly, I didn't even know that was being made. <laughs> no, that got announced ages ago. Was it? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Which makes well... the fact that we still don't know where he was popping up again even worse. <laughs> it's like, this was a really popular movie, and it did pretty damn good considering it came out while COVID was still a thing. I mean, yeah. it still is, but you know. But, but, like, actually, like, control fully in control of the day-to-day, -day, like, levels. <laughs> and apparently, and this one astonishes me, because I thought for sure, with all the overhauls they were doing, this was gonna get scrapped. But apparently, he's also still busy working on the Wonder Man series. What? I forgot what Wonder Man is. The Hollywood satire thing, uh, Trevor Slattery, Ben Kingsley was gonna be in it. Oh, oh, okay. And the guy who plays Black Manta is apparently playing Wonder Man, although I don't think that ever got officially confirmed. Hmm. I mean, to be fair, Marvel still hasn't acknowledged that this show exists and that they're working on it. <laughs> so is this one of those things where it's like Marvel's pretending this isn't a thing, even though like everyone else is actively saying, oh yeah, this is happening? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Also of note, uh, according to Deadline, it will be under the Marvel Spotlight banner, indicating that it is not actually connected to the greater metaplot that's going on. Oh boy. Which, okay, I mean, I wouldn't really have expected it to be. I thought Wonder Man himself might be, but... Mm. If he doesn't come out of a Secret Wars portal or whatever, hey, that's fine. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Boy, it feels weird to not say, let's go to the writer's strike, but like, or the actor's <laughs> strike. It's weird to not say, here's some strike news. But someone also say that's a good thing. Yeah, no, that's good. That's 100% good. It's just weird. After it weeks. is a... Yeah, as I say, I will give you that it is a Actually, weird, months. weird thing. Actually, months. Yeah, it's like, what, five months, six months? Something like that, all told. Mm. Criminy. <laughs> Let's go to trailer time. Let's go to trailer time. It's trailer time again! 
We've got movie previews to watch. It's trailer time again. After weeks and months and... Uh, I've been waiting for this movie for a long time. I'm fucking kidding. It's Madam Web. No. <laughs> now, I'd... If it wasn't for Sony... No, still no. <laughs> I'd, I'd almost be a little interested. Hmm. It doesn't look great, but time loop to stop the Terminator, but the Terminator is a Spider-Man, mm-hmm. is actually kind of interesting as a concept. Right. It's a shame that, based on the dr- dialogue in this trailer, it's going to be fucking terrible in execution. <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't know. So, I feel like the thing... Because I actually rewatched the trailer a couple more times after seeing it the first time, because I wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy... It felt like they were, like, well, I mean, I am crazy. I watched this trailer three times, but still. I've only done twice, so you're doing better than me. It's, it feels like some of the, in talking about the dialogue, some of the delivery felt oddly dry. Right? You mean, like, he was in the Amazon with my mother, she was researching spiders before she died? Yeah! (laughs) That, and honestly, the one that really stuck out to me was towards the end of the trailer, where they're all in the ambulance, and... Dakota Johnson is doing the whole, like, wait for it, wait for it, and then just says now. And the thing is, is that it just sounds like she loudly says now. There's not a lot of, like, emotion behind it. I'm not going to pretend that I know what goes into saying this kind of thing, because I'm not an actor. But it was one of those things where I felt like it's like, even though it's such a weird and small thing to focus on, it just stuck out. Because it's like... Oh, yeah, mistaking volume for emotion. I know that well. (laughs) Yeah. Is there something you want to talk about, Cody? <laughs> no. I mean, uh, no! <laughs> but yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, even though it's a tidy thing, it's like, why does it feel like no one's having a good time here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, they are. The trailer did get a slight laugh out of me when Dakota's with all the other women. It's like, I think I can see the future. And then someone just throws, like, I think an apple at her. It's like, what the hell? It's like, she didn't see that. It's like... Yeah, Maddie Franklin throws a... Uh throws one at her yeah and it's like you know what i can't knock her because i feel like i would do the same thing (laughs) (laughs) i too would probably just randomly throw an object at someone and be like are you sure about that (laughs) well to be fair it's celeste o'connor maddie franklin is the character she's playing Mm. oh okay okay also interestingly uh isabella merced playing anya corazon in this she's also hawk girl in superman legacy or gonna be oh really she cashed that Sony check and immediately went to DC. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine the line delivery here is everybody's spirits being broken on thinking they signed up for a Marvel movie and then being told it was Sony Marvel. Yeah, it's like, well, you did sign up for a Marvel movie, just not a Marvel movie. But it's yeah. still got Marvel in the tag, so it's fine. It's like, oh, Jesus Oh, is it Christ. one of the Spider-Verse movies? No. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, and just like that, my career is over. Okay, that might be a little extreme. That yeah. that was that was mean. <laughs> no, Tom Hardy's doing fine, and I don't give a fuck what happens to Jared Leto. And oh. I'm sure Aaron Taylor Johnson will bounce back. Oh, dude! Oh my God! You just reminded me. I did you forget Jared Leto was in that movie? No, but I <laughs> I watched the. This is a tangent, and I'm pretty sure he's gonna get cut. I watched the um at least the the three quarters of the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Um, that happened this past weekend, Formula One had a race in Las Vegas, 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're doing their whole thing about, like, trying to show, like, how big of a show it is. It's like, hey, we're in Vegas. We're racing on the Vegas Strip at night. We have all these lights and these celebrities. This is awesome. It's like, all right, I don't give a fuck about this. Just start the goddamn race. And <laughs> And before the race broadcast, they um they always usually have some kind of like dramatic opening or whatever. And the dramatic fucking opening that we got before the main festivities for this race was Jared Leto fucking dryly reading lines from the song Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> and as I'm watching, I'm just like I just like was sitting there being like, I'm a fan of this series. <laughs> It's like fuck out of here. <laughs> That's fucking terrible. It was terrible. It I'm was god so sorry. Yeah, it's like I'm just watching Jared Little just stare into my soul with weird ass dramatic music going on. It's like Viva Las Vegas. Viva Viva Viva. I'm like someone shoot me. <laughs> Isn't he in a band? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> part of his whole shtick? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Isn't and... he in 30 Seconds to Mars or some shit? <laughs> yes, he is. Then what he, the he, fuck? Why is he, he just Why is he just dryly monotoning song lyrics like he's fucking William Shatner at karaoke night? <laughs> What's especially funny is there's a one of the forums that I frequent whenever a race goes on, some of someone actually commented on it. It's like, why does Jared Leto look like a cult leader? And I'm just like... I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna like, I I don't know what to tell you, bro. <laughs> so, anyways, I was... got one more, I got one more nitpick about Madame Web. Okay. Is that, <laughs> so I didn't get a great look at Sydney Sweeney's Spider Woman costume. Mm. However, I will, I will nitpick the fuck out of one thing, which is that. Why the fuck doesn't she have the eye lenses? Okay. Because, okay, if if it were any other movie, I'd fucking get it. Mm-hmm. But the 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 the, the thing is, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fucking. This is Sony. They've been making Spider-Man movies for literally over a decade now. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. every single one of them had the eye lenses. Except for her. So here they come with this costume that I've just given you. This is her okay. original costume. This is what inspired the Venom suit, ultimately. Okay, uh, hold on. Wait, and you'll wait. notice, it's got fucking eye lenses. <laughs> okay. Where the fuck are they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why does she just go. have big, giant fucking cutouts for her eyes? Why does she need big, giant cutouts for her eyes? <laughs> because... Ridiculous. Hump homage or something. I don't know. That's, that's the opposite of that. <laughs> That's an anti-homage. That is a reverse homage. Reverse That's an omelette du homage. Just, just sweet homage. Speaking of Sydney Sweeney, though, we also got a proper trailer for anyone but you. I still don't care for any of this. <laughs> I'm a little tiny baby bit more on board now that we know the basic premise, and also that Glenn Powell's a fucking idiot in this movie. (laughs) Okay, you know what? I can kind of get behind Glenn Powell being a bit of a moron, which is a shame because I do think he's a good actor. (laughs) No, a good actor. Seems like a a decent sort. Yeah. Extremely punchable face, but that's not his fault. (laughs) 
I don't know what it is. I don't know what my preoccupation <laughs> with this man's face is. It just... I don't know. Hmm. I don't understand it. I like the bit with the spider, though. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I imagine part of it is Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Considering bit, that but... he was the most punchable person in Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> true, true. No, this looks... This still looks dumb, and this still looks cringe, and this still looks... Toxic. <laughs> toxic like, as fuck. Uh, horrifically toxic. <laughs> Absolutely toxic as hell. Mm-hmm. And yet, you've got Cindy Sweetie's character just jamming a grilled cheese in her face without waiting for it to cool down. <laughs> oh, God, I felt that, too. <laughs> what did you think was gonna happen? Oh, my God. No, like, fucking... I... I had pizza this past week, and I didn't wait for it to cool down, and so my tongue has only just recently recovered. <laughs> Rookie mistake. Yeah, so I was just like, oh, you poor thing, I understand your pain. <laughs> You've got Glenn Powell's character finding a fucking... Sp well, she finds a spider in his pants. Mm-hmm. That's not an innuendo. No, no, like, he, she literally finds a spider in his pants, and he goes crazy and just strips himself, and she just, like, does a light check over of her clothes, he's like, Alright, doing that makes a lot more sense. Like, alright, that's actually kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty good. Especially yeah. when they come back and somehow she's in her underwear now, and they're like, what do we miss? And everybody looks at them, what do we miss? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we get to that point, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm hard-pressed to say that I care. Yeah. But I think it'll be funny. Fair enough. So, I guess we'll see what goes on with that one. Mm -hmm. But that's really all that sticks out to me. Also... You know what? Him him writhing his way down the beach doing whatever the fuck he's doing. I don't know what that's supposed to be, but that's that's in my brain. Fair. Is he doing the upside down worm? Is that it? Probably. Uh, we'll we'll go with that. Yes, we'll see. Mm hmm. And then we also got a trailer for season two of What If. I like how dark this is. I I'll be completely honest. I don't remember an awful lot of the. I mean. Other than, like, the big picture things, I don't remember a lot of the finer things of the first season when we watched it, but mm. this one feels like, at least from the trailer, it feels like it's a lot more focused, and with that, the tone is definitely a lot more dark and morbid, and that, for me, I'm just like, alright, this looks really interesting. Like, this looks like it's gonna go in some not nice places, and I'm kind of here for that. I, while I would never expect them to completely right off T'Challa, I don't know how I feel about him being back with a different voice actor. Oh, no, that's not T'Challa. Oh, it's not? No, that's T'Chaka. That's his dad. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, okay, so um, before I get into this, apparently the episode titles have been revealed for What If Season 2. Hmm. And this one is apparently What If Peter Quill Attacked Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and I guess the idea is Ego deliver or Yondu delivered Peter to Ego. Ego mm -hmm. ends up getting Peter on board with his plan, probably because Peter's grieving because his mom died. Right. And so a team of Avengers gets assembled in the eighties to deal hmm. to deal with the invasion. And I guess that team is gonna be Peggy, Howard, King T'Chaka, Hank Pym as Ant Man, Bill Foster as Goliath, and Captain No, I'm sorry, she wasn't a captain in that, or was she? Marvel, the scientist, the 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 creator. Oh, okay, yeah, the original Marvel. Yeah. Wendy Lawson, I think, was her alias. Right. So that's what that is. That's not T'Challa. Okay. Alright, then then alright, then fair enough there. Because <laughs> I thought it was just like like I mean 
I feel like it's at least partially justified because as far as I remember, we never see T'Chaka as Black Panther in any real capacity up until now. We saw him kill his brother. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny to me. <laughs> Probably just the blase way I said it. If yeah, fair. <laughs> but uh but when I when that happened, it was one of those things where it was like, you know, I'm glad that they're not completely pretending that, like I said, I thought it was T'Challa. I was like, I'm glad they're not pretending that he doesn't exist, but it's like, oh, that's I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> so, I like the idea of Hela and Talo. Hmm. Uh, let's see, what else? I don't know how I feel about the Christmas idea. I feel like that would, I mean, even though we only saw like a few seconds of Doctor Strange dressed up as Santa... I feel like that's the one bit where I like, okay, if there's any episode that I feel like I probably wouldn't enjoy, it would be whatever the Christmas episode is. Can't be worse than Party Thor. Mm, mm, fair. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just gonna list these episode titles. There's, uh, What If Nebula Joined the Nova Corps. Oh. What If Peter Quill Attacked Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Mm-hmm. What If Happy Hogan Saved Christmas. Okay. What If Iron Man Crashed Into the Grandmaster, that's the Gamora one that we didn't get. But Gamora mm. still showed up in the last episode of season one. Right. What if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? Okay. What if the Avengers assembled in 1602? Interested. Immensely. <laughs> that just sounds like doing 1602 with an MCU coat of paint. I'm not about it. I mean, it sounds stupid, but it's one of those things where it's like, this, it's the whole, like, this is a bold strategy cotton. Let's see how it plays out. <laughs> yeah. What if Hela found the Ten Rings? Huh. Okay. What if Kahori reshaped the world, which I guess is supposed to be... I thought that was going to be the 1602 episode. Hmm. And I I don't know what the distinction here is. Right. But I guess we'll see. I, I guess it. the idea, I think, is that the Tesseract gets discovered much earlier on Earth or something. Hmm. Okay. Which feels like a 1602 prompt. Yeah, so it, it, I'm, it 100% I'm does. Yeah. And then, what if Strange Supreme intervened? Strange Supreme. The one who destroyed his whole universe trying to get Christine back, and then he got recruited for the Guardians of the Multiverse. Oh, okay. I remember that, but I don't remember... I For some reason, I didn't remember that he was actually referred to as Strange Supreme in the movie. Yeah. Mm. The one who killed his own universe just to get... I can't believe that. A little strange? <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh, I'm not proud of that one. Actually, I am a little. As you should be. So uh, I guess I'm looking forward to this. We'll see. I, I don't know. Mm. I miss, I miss what I thought "What If" was gonna be, mm. which isn't necessarily fair. Mm-hmm. But I'm more interested in "What If" as a speculative, exploring an alternate way things could have gone than telling completely new wacky scenarios. Yeah, that that uh, m- most of which end up not meaning anything in the long run. Yeah. And it's part of why I'm not super enthused by the trailer being darker, because one of my fundamental issues with What If is that very frequently, What If is used as a way to prop up the main timeline by going, if it went literally any other way, everything would suck and be doomed, so Hmm. all the shitty stuff you don't like that we did, it had to happen. (sighs) One more day, completely necessary, bro, trust me. I can see how how one could get annoyed at that. Yeah. Hmm. Let's talk box office. Oh boy, I'm surprised you have box office, considering when we're recording. (laughs) I have estimates. Okay. First place is apparently Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Alrighty. $44 million domestic weekend in total, no worldwide info yet. Alrighty. Second place is Trolls Band Together. Okay. 
$30.6 million domestic weekend and total for a $108.1 million worldwide total. Mm-hmm. It looks like there's a tie. Oh, really? Which means it's probably not going to be a tie by the time we're done, but right now you've got the Marvels and Thanksgiving both at $10.2 million domestically this weekend. Huh. In the Marvels case, it's sitting at a $65 million domestic total for a $161.3 million worldwide total. That is oh. a 70-something percent drop. It's a high 70% drop. Jesus Christ. Ugh. This movie might actually not crack $100 million domestic. That would be disappointing. That's tragic. Yeah. Of all the fucking movies. <laughs> Y'all motherfuckers got Thor Love and Thunder to like 700-something mil? Mm-hmm. Where the fuck are you now? I'm kidding, I get it. <laughs> I don't want to place blame because a lot of the blame's on the studios. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the blame's on the online. I've literally seen thumbnails for YouTube videos going, the Marvels is the worst film I've ever seen, and it's like, fuck off, you chud. Yeah, as I'm sorry, like... The movie absolutely has issues, but if it's the worst movie you've ever seen, you have not seen a lot of movies. <laughs> if it's the worst movie you've ever seen, you need to go outside and touch some grass. Yeah, like, I don't want a gatekeep or anything like that, but it's like... Or a woman, consensually. <laughs> and then maybe you'll get over your burning hatred. Yeah, yeah, for real. It's like, I, I don't like getting into the gatekeeping thing, but it's like, yeah, no, you, you if you genuinely unironically say that, you have not seen a lot of movies. <laughs> And I'm kidding, touching a woman wouldn't solve the problem, it would just make them worse, so... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to... Pre- I, I, I don't want to spread the idea that I'm delusional to think that would fix those people, it won't. Mm. It doesn't help that the YouTube algorithm seems to favor that kind of performative outrage and labeling things the worst thing ever, so... It's actually part of the grift to pretend that the movie sucks, but I don't... I don't have it in me. Fair. Even if I felt like doing it, I just don't have it in me to pretend that this is the worst thing I've ever seen. It's Fair. fine. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's... it. I, I would agree with both those statements. I saw it again a second time this weekend. Oh, good. That's probably the last time I see it, because I don't think it's worth a third, but... <laughs> Fair. I don't see most things a second time in theater, so... At least not anymore. Mm-hmm. Doing one a week doesn't leave you a lot of time. Uh, exactly, that's true. Anyways, Thanksgiving... $10.2 million domestic weekend in total, $12.6 million worldwide. And in fifth place, Five Nights at Freddo's, $3.5 million domestic weekend, $132.6 million domestic total, $271.8 million worldwide. Against a $20 million budget. Right? That is... <laughs> I, I don't want to say disappointing because I don't want to necessarily wish bad luck on people, but it is a little disappointing in a way. <laughs> yeah. Also, Thanksgiving's budget was only 15 mil, so... Oh, okay, so it, it'll probably, like, start making a profit at least by either, by, like, next weekend, if nothing else. Based on, uh, production, it still has to get back marketing. Mm, true. So, it might not, actually, but that depends on a lot of factors. Right. Anyway, let's talk turkey. Let's... T- I am proud of that one. Oh, boy. Let's, let's talk about Thanksgiving. The movie, not the holiday. Even though you should yeah. not forget about the holiday. No, absolutely not. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. I'm making meatballs, I've decided. Ooh, nice. Yeah. I'm just gonna make a giant thing of meatballs and just and just hand them out or whatever. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna eat most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I'm gonna eat most of them, but other people can have some. Okay. That's my ruling. Mm. Anyways, I got a brand new notebook for this movie. 
Hell yeah, he got a new notebook. He no longer has a notebook covered in coke. The drink, not the drug. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Nice cover. Thank you. (laughs) You Nice cover on your new notebook. (laughs) That that wasn't funny. (laughs) (laughs) I made a little noise. (laughs) Fair. Anyways, I had more fun with Thanksgiving than I was expecting to have, and I was already kind of looking forward to it. Honestly, I was hesitant about it because i was like this movie's stupid and then i went to see it i'm like this movie's actually a pretty good time while still Still being stupid while still being pretty stupid (laughs) this movie drops f-bombs like they're going out of style yes they do in some very hilarious ways too (laughs) yeah there's there's a couple like pretty there's at least a few pretty solid f-bomb involving zingers in this movie (laughs) 100 percent. so the idea is that one thanksgiving a big box super... No, what's it called? What What do you call Walmarts? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're I'm not sorry. wrong. I had a customer who was like, well, how, do you know how much they sell these? Like, asking about a thing that we sell. I was like, how much do they sell these at Walmart? It's like, I don't know, dude. I don't go to Walmart. He's like, you don't? It's like, no, It's I go to Walmart if it's the last resort. <laughs> Man, that's funny. Mm. <laughs> what it was called in the movie or what it's like just generally referred to as just as general classification uh, i usually refer to stores like walmart and Publix and whatnot as like big box stores okay so the local big box store is actually having a sale on thanksgiving to get ahead of black friday because you know capitalism is a harsh mistress mm-hmm. as the box office just demonstrated <laughs> yeah <laughs> some shit breaks out of control and some people get trampled Few people die. <laughs> Few people die. And then a yeah. year later, someone starts going around in a John Carver mask, killing people who were uh, affiliated with what went wrong. Mm-hmm. And therein lays the basic premise of Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, you've got the main girl whose boyfriend's ghost her and she's dating some new asshole who's mm. just, he's just kind of an asshole in like that heady way, you know? Uh, as I say, that guy has a punchable face. <laughs> That man doesn't have a punchable face. That man has a punchable demeanor. There's a difference. Mm. You know what, fair. I'm more likely to punch that guy than I am Glenn Powell. (laughs) Fair. Partly because I know Glenn Powell would lay me out, but I think I could take that other guy. Fair. (laughs) I'm kidding. I wouldn't punch anybody. Violence isn't the answer, kids. Mm. And if there are any kids watching this, I'm sorry. Don't. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe point your parents at it, though. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is a new, like, Eli Roth horror movie. Yep. I am not generally a big fan of the man's work. Mm-hmm. This is one of the better ones of his that I've seen. I think this is the only thing of his that I've actually, like, seen all the way through. Because I can't remember seeing any of his other movies. Or if I have, I just don't genuinely don't remember. The- oh, that's right, he's doing Borderlands. Oh, If it ever comes out. <laughs> if it ever... Fu- now, I know I've, we've made this, I've made this joke once a time, but holy shit, genuinely talk about a movie that probably won't come out before we die. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard, like, just jack shit about that movie. Oh shit, he made the new Death Wish. Oh, did he? I didn't like that one. <laughs> Surprisingly tame. So, this is the first movie of his I've seen all the way through. This is, sounds like the first movie that you've made where you actually enjoy it. Yep. And, yeah, this is... for This is a weird movie that it is equal parts gory as it is fun and funny. It is exactly as advertised. It is a dumb, over-the-top slasher with some 
ridiculous, appropriate holiday-themed attacks and kills. Yeah, which kind of leads into some genuinely hilarious moments, if you can believe it. <laughs> yeah, no. Some of these are f so over-the-top and horrible, they circle back around into being funny. In fact, I'd argue a lot of them do. Yeah, like, one of the reasons I don't really do a lot of horror is just because I feel like horror movies... But the level of gore that I can tolerate is very, very flexible and not at all consistent. Because there are definitely some instances of gore where I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't want to really see this. And others where it's like, oh, this is fine. The gore in this movie is so... It's like how one of our friends who really doesn't like gore, she talked about like how she can tolerate the gore in Helsing because it is so completely ridiculous and over the top that it circles back around to being like, all right, this is fine, like... This, this is not how the human body actually works, so... <laughs> oh, you know, I, I I think I got a prediction wrong here. Nobody did get it with a waffle iron, did they? Uh, not directly, at least. <laughs> Alright, I thought that was some foreshadowing, but I was yeah. wrong. Anyway, sorry, continue. <laughs> no, this movie's, this movie's a good time. It's definitely not really a major commentary, but it's... It's one of those rumors where I feel like it's a commentary on how Black Friday used to be. <laughs> well, granted, it's also because I don't really take place in take part in Black Friday, but I haven't seen a truly sh crazy shit Black Friday in a while. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But I work Black Friday, so uh, same. I don't really have a chance to get out there and get in the mix. Mm. All right. So, well, what are non-spoiler things we can talk about with this? Let's see. Uh, oh, the movie did lose some points for me. Because thinking about it, I'm pretty sure that the killer reveal is actually impossible. Mm. And I'll get into why in spoilers, but I, I don't think it actually makes sense. I think, you know what's funny is that I predicted the killer, and internally I kind of figured what his possible motive would be. I just don't know how he got away with it. <laughs> yeah, I have a, the, I, I see the motive. It's a, it, it, it is a question of effectiveness. Yeah. So that's uh. a bit of a problem. Uh, mm. let's see, let's see. The main girl is basically devoid of personality aside from hates her stepmom. <laughs> I mean... Who is pretty hateable. Yeah, her stepmom's pretty fucking hateable, it has to be said. <laughs> also, she's probably, like, the sanest person there, but... Who, the stepmom or the... No, the, the main girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, 100%. She's by far and away the most sane person present. Some people are just having the time of their life in this movie. Oh, absolutely. So the thing about this movie is that there's also a lot of not major actors, so not everyone has, like, a Wikipedia entry. Oh, Joe Delphin as McCarty? Yeah, you can tell he's having a great time. <laughs> um, McCarty, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> said by said by Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> oh, that's even better part, because it's set in Massachusetts, some of the cast have really exaggerated Boston accents, and it's great. You know what, I kind of, I mean, I know you come from, like, Rhode Island, but I kind of wanted to ask your take on that, like, how you felt about all of it. <laughs> a Boston accent is nowhere near a Rhode Island accent, so I'm not offended. Watching them go over the top on screen doesn't bother me in the slightest. Fair. <laughs> Bostonians are borderline incoherent, don't at me. <laughs> or do I, could use the engagement. Right. Let's see, uh... Once again, a lot of the side characters are criminally under-focused on, which is what makes them side characters, but I like Scuba. Yeah, Scuba's cool. Scuba was very much the person who was, like, most interested in just laying down some shit as necessary. <laughs> as necessary, unlike Evan, who was just kind of a fucking idiot. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Game's canceled. I'm gonna go play anyway, by myself. You can't play football by yourself. <laughs> there was also like Jalen Brooks as as Bobby. So he's fine. Yeah, he was. Man, I felt like I kept on going back and forth on. Is like I can't decide if I actually like this dude or not. I think by the end I was just like, yeah, he's okay. I don't hate his ass, but I don't exactly want to have beers with him either. So <laughs> yeah, Patrick Dempsey's in this and having a good time. Oh, he's having a great. I very much maintain like. Kind of like what the Emoji movie was to, um... Oh, what's the man's name? T.J. Miller? No, uh, Professor Xavier. Oh, Patrick Stewart, yeah. Yeah, kind of like how the Emoji movie was to Patrick Stewart, how he said it was stupid, but he did it because his, you know, his kids would watch... His grandkids would watch it. This, to me, is Patrick Dempsey's This is Stupid as Fuck and I'm Here Because I'm Having a Good Time movie. Granted, I have not watched a lot of Patrick Dempsey's filmography. I'm much more familiar with him as the owner of a, of a professional racing team. Really? Oh, yeah, no. Dude, dude loves, like, sports car racing. Like, huh. I, I, I want to say he genuinely has a partnership with Porsche because of all the racing he does. He's going to be in the Ferrari movie, too. So Okay. <laughs> all right. But, yeah, like, man loves motorsport. And because oh, of that... Oh, he was the detective in Scream 3. Oh, was he? No wonder I didn't recognize him. That's a 23-year difference. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> oh, fuck. The lady, who gets, uh, the lady who gets trampled in the opening, that's Gina Gershon. Oh, okay. She's one of those people who's been in a lot of stuff, most of which you and I probably haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore, trying to name any of this isn't going to work. Yeah, let's see. Oh, gosh, she's been in a lot of things. Holy shit. Like, is there anything that... She's gonna be Mad Moxie in Borderlands, I guess. Oh. (laughs) Alright, cool. What, is everyone who's, like, in this movie connected to either Eli Roth or the Borderlands movie in some respect? (laughs) (laughs) Good times. Ends up being a thing where it's like, alright guys, so Kevin Hart can't make it as Roland, so we're gonna cast Gabriel Davenport instead. (laughs) God almighty. Alright, we'll talk about a small world in that aspect. <laughs> yeah. The dad sucks. The dad does- Well, he he sucks, but he gets better in the second half. He gets better, but he doesn't really have a chance to, like, put it into practice. Hmm. You know? I mean, there's- There's- there's. I feel like there's reasons for that. Some of which involve rope. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to talk about spoilers for this. Yeah, no, I can't think of anything without getting into spoilers. <laughs> Yeah, if, if you're not into slashers, definitely don't. But yeah, if you absolutely. One hundred percent do. Yeah, and it's a pretty fun slasher too, as far as slasher movies go. Yeah, because the thing is, it's not going to change your mind on the genre. It's not going to, it's not going to open any new eyes, enlighten any new perspectives. It's certainly not going to uh, change your life or anything. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. It's it's dumb fun. Yeah, it very much emphasis on dumb fun. And really, I respect the fact that it actually sticks to its Thanksgiving theme. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Because didn't you say the whole thing about this was, like, Eli Roth was like, you know, everyone's made a horror slash movie based on, like, Christmas and Thanksgiving, or Christmas and Halloween and all that. Why has no one made a Thanksgiving movie? I don't remember if that was the idea, but it, it was because, um... Well, that and it was a tra- a fake trailer in, a, in Grindhouse. Yeah, that's the one. I know mm. that part, at least. <laughs> 
But no, there aren't enough Thanksgiving slashers, and no, Thanksgiving doesn't count. <laughs> Thanksgiving absolutely does not count, and never should count, in my The opinion. fact that the killer is a sentient fucking turkey means it is not a slasher, it's just a dumb monster movie. Yeah. Anyways, if you don't want to get spoiled on Thanksgiving, I almost said Grindhouse, but... <laughs> <laughs> Too late for that. If you don't want to get spoiled on Thanksgiving, make sure to click away in 3, 2, 1. I feel like the teens had all their best chemistry at the very start. Yeah, yeah, I can get behind that. Where they're in the car talking about stuff, and how am I supposed to text her in the movie if I don't have my phone? If I don't have a phone, who are you texting? Oh shit! <laughs> and I was just like, "All right, you know, I wasn't expecting a bunch of teenagers, no less, to have a perfect segue into a Far Side song." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "All right, we got chemistry." Good segues and the far side? Alright, you just won a lot of points in the first, like, ten minutes. Good job. <laughs> so it's actually the teenager's fault that the riot even happened in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because they snuck into the store ahead of it opening in order to just grab a couple things. But a couple of them make a big scene out of being in there and taunt all the people who are waiting outside. Yeah, all the rabid-as-fuck people who, who were waiting outside, which... I, I have to say, even though I, I did talk about earlier how I've never really partaken in Black Friday, and even though I acknowledge it's a, it's a, this is a fictitious movie, this was one of the moments where I just in, like in, internally went, it's like, and this is why capitalism sucks sometimes. Yep. Because it's the thing of, like, this is supposed to be, like, ridiculous and whatnot, but I bet your ass that things of this similar nature have happened multiple times since Black Friday has even been a thing. It doesn't feel ridiculous enough, if anything. It feels yeah, a little no. too real. <laughs> yeah, it feels very real. Like, I've, you know, there's been plenty of stories of people getting, like, trampled and killed and getting into fights on Black Friday and all that. It's just like, no, there's... There's a certain extra level of ridiculousness that would be needed for this to actually engage my suspension of disbelief. Right now, this just feels like a lot of dumb shit that people would do just to get a free waffle iron of all things. <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those ones where I know the reason why they had the teens be the one who instigated it mm -hmm. to be so the killer has a reason to go after them, and also because it gives it helps you isolate which ones are actually decent human beings because they feel bad about it. But the thing is. Odds are, that was going to happen anyway. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Like, with how ridiculous it went and all that. And with two security guards. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> What's very unfortunate is that of all of the comparisons I, I can make in my brain, that one that sticks out is basically what these teens did in this mall, or in this big box store, was basically how World War One started. Because it's like, with World War One, it wasn't. it was a thing of like... It was gonna happen, it's just that they decided to be the ones to light the fuse. <laughs> and it's just like, it's such an asinine comparison, but it's the one where it's like, no, that's kind of what I feel like it's being Like, what works with this? <laughs> this killer is having the time of his life, and he has a respect and dedication to his craft that I can't help but admire. And a respect for cats. And a respect for cats! Yeah, like, I was ex I was thinking, it's like, oh no, please don't be one of those ones who fucks up the cat or fucks up the animal and all that. And he looked, instead, like, because one of those victims lives uh, um, alone with his cat. Um, it's actually one of the security guards who failed to, like, stop the riot. The one who failed who didn't die. Yeah, who didn't die. Because he ran <laughs> away. Yes. Oh, I just realized something. Yeah? The first person in this movie to die was a black guy. 
<laughs> yeah, because it's like, I'm pretty sure the first person who got killed was the black security guard. I thought he was Hispanic. No, wait, hold on. No, wait, no, you might be thinking of the guy who got his neck slit by the glass. Maybe I am. Yeah, I'm pretty sure... Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the black security guard was the first one to die. He's like, all right, trope number one. <laughs> oh, no, definitely, you are correct. I yeah. got my wires crossed. Yeah, trope number one, fulfilled. <laughs> yep, okay. Check that off the list. But yeah, no, sorry, that was a tangent and a half. Um, but yeah, it's like, he looks back at this dude's cat, he's like, oh, please, please don't mess with the cat. He just goes and feeds the cat and gives it a little scratch. While, and then as he was away, you just see the blood, him dragging out his the cat's former master's like bloodied corpse it's just like there's a weird parallel going on here and i don't know if i like it <laughs> having more empathy for animals and human beings i respect it <laughs> <laughs> hope i haven't incriminated myself mm. i do want to say uh to your point about the dad getting quote-unquote better mm-hmm uh, I just want to share a little anecdote, and that's, at one point when talking with his daughter, he, he's going over how he was in a dark place when his wife died, and then goes, I threw myself into my work, and it might have been at your expense. And at the way he said, might have been at your expense, I twitched so hard, I hurt my shoulder. So you know what? That was a thing when he said that, I was just like, mm, you're, you're not there, but you're getting close. <laughs> You're it's almost like, not an asshole. It's, yeah, it's like you're almost there. You're you're just a step away. You're just a step away from being there. To me, it's the thing of like, well, not completely there. He was like ninety percent of the way there later on when Aster's sitting there t- talking with the police. He's like, "No, my daughter's white. Right, we have to go through with this." It's like, "Thank you." Like, Did you say my daughter's white? <laughs> no, <laughs> my daughter. When he goes, my daughter is right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, everyone there is pretty, like, the majority of the people there are pretty white, so that could, <laughs> that would just be a, a statement of obviousness. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Mm. Except Scuba. Ex- except Scuba. Sc- <laughs> the, the killer is very much someone who's into his craft and just into the whole message he's trying to send about Thanksgiving being a wonderful time to gather your family and your worst enemies. <laughs> And murder the latter brutally, and, viciously, and murder the fuck out of them. Let's see who got the who got the worst. Do we think? Because the oh, I'm I'm gonna put it on fucking the Kathleen. woman. Who, yeah, Kathleen, a hundred percent Kathleen. Like got baked alive in a fucking oven. That's yeah, yeah, that's worst. A lot. No one had a good death in this movie, but by far and away, she got the worst. Because it's like. I, I guarantee you, if nothing else, everyone else who died died a hell of a lot quicker than she did. Yeah. So, so I would, the, I would the first, the first kill, the first kill done by the killer, at least. Hmm. <laughs> Where that one woman who was just like, oh yeah, just a shithead who probably deserved it anyway. Yeah. She gets bisected by a dumpster lid. What do you, what do you think? Oh, that would <laughs> bullshit. Very. I mean, okay. I mean, like she would have died. I have a feeling, especially if it's a metal dumpster lid, 100% would have been killed, but I don't think it would have been a clean cut, especially because it's like, I remember someone bringing this up in a thread talking about, like, you know, ridiculous things in movies and all that, and one thing that always get, that they mentioned that was kind of at the top of the thread was a thing of how, like, I think they were some like, yes, I've worked in, like, medicine and all that, and... The way that a lot of movies just like cut people's like heads or bodies clean in half without any interference from the verte- from the vertebrae, 
not gonna happen. <laughs> so, so to that extent, that's the one that I would vote. That one was completely ridiculous and very badly CGI. <laughs> The, the CGI is what was, like, the, the immediate thing I noticed when it happened, because it happened yeah. so fast, too. I was just like, oh, okay, I guess this is what we're going with. This is completely ridiculous, but I'm okay with that. Because I'd rather be completely ridiculous than relatively realistic, and as such, doing a much better job of grossing me out. <laughs> so she got bisected by a dumpster after getting her, uh... Some of the skin ripped off her face and hand. Yeah. I had a, I honestly had a much harder time with that than with the bisection. <laughs> yeah, because you can, like, kind of feel that. Yeah, 100%. You get, like, phantom empathy mm. pain or whatever the fuck. Oh, yeah. Going like, oh, I don't want to... <laughs> and then, let's see, who was next? Uh, I think the security guard was next. Yeah, he was next. He got stabbed through the chest with a turkey carver. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah, not yeah. a good way to go. No, man, it's a thing, like, I know it was shown in the trailer, but it's like, I also have to respect the whole thing of how the killer killed all these people. If it was, like, hands-on, it was with, like, Thanksgiving things. You know, cutlery and shit. Which I honestly thought was kind of (laughs) creative. Yeah, let's see, I feel like, I feel like I'm skipping a couple people, because I know Evan and Gabby get kidnapped. And, okay, that's the part. So, it turns Mm -hmm. out the sheriff is the killer. Yeah. And the sheriff's motivation is that one of the people who died was a woman he was in love with and who apparently he was having an affair with and who was pregnant with his baby, who he fell in love with after she helped him out of a messy break divorce situation. Mm-hmm. So he blames he blames the teenagers and some of the people involved for what happened. But the the thing that makes that literally impossible is I'm pretty sure that it, at the scene in the school where Evan and Gabby get abducted and the killer's chasing Jessica around, I'm pretty sure we see yeah. the sheriff outside talking to another police officer. So either there's two killers and they're gonna make that a... God, if this gets a fucking sequel. <laughs> it's not the worst thing to get one, but... No, but there was some sequel bait. Either there's a second killer or this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I, I originally guess it's like, the sheriff's the one that's doing it, it's just that I I might have to, even though I kind of don't want to to a certain degree, I might have to see this movie a second time. Because it's the thing of like, alright, I'm pretty sure the sheriff is the killer. I just don't know how the fuck he's doing it. Because there's several moments where it's like, there's no way the timing of all this works out in his favor. Oh yeah, especially at the end when, when he's live streaming, torturing the family, but he's also at the fucking station. Yeah. There's no way this fucking pans out. Yeah, and especially since it's like, it'd be one thing if... Because I don't think it was a static camera during that live stream. I want to say someone was actually moving the camera around to show all the people there. If I, I guess, that no, I guess correctly. to be fair, that could be on a time delay because the can't the phone was pointed at a monitor. Hmm. So he could have pre-recorded that and then live streamed. So I guess that's not as unfeasible. No, but if that was the case, it would have been cool if that was actually explained. Yeah, and also there's still the damning evidence of him being outside the school talking with somebody while the killer's already running around. Yeah. I thought it was Bobby. You know what? I can see why someone... I can see what you think was Bobby, especially since the movie actually does a really good misdirect, too. The movie does a very good job giving a lot of different people a motive and keeping you guessing about that, and it's Mm -hmm. part of why I feel let down by the fact that as far as I can tell, the actual reveal is literally impossible. 
Yeah, like... You had all these other suspects it could have been, and instead you picked somebody who had the motive, but it seems actually impossible it could have been. Yeah, and it's especially a thing, too, where... Granted, I feel like it's where they included it, but it's like, they did a one-up on Bobby, because all the people that you suspect are given motive and given means, but they do an extra thing with Bobby, because with Kathleen and, and her untimely demise... She dies because she's trying to escape, and as she's trying to run away from the house or whatever that they're in, the killer actually one hand throws a rake into her back and just right. like, puts her down that way. It's just like, oh, that's 100% Bobby. Oh, and also while she's fumbling around, that one of the little baskets has a bunch of baseballs in it, and a whole shtick with Bobby is he was he was a really good baseball pitcher. He was called Golden Arm, and he gets his fucking wrist trampled on during the during the rampage. And yeah. that basically ended his career, and he disappears for a year, and then mysteriously comes back at the same time. So, and yeah. he mentions how physical therapy is going really well. So it's like, it's him that this yeah. man one-handed a pitchfork into somebody. Yeah. Now accurately. Yeah, for real. Now, granted, it's like again, people are given motives, in particular, like Mitch, husband of the lady who got trampled, who was having an affair. Yeah, I was trying to think of her actual name, but that works too. <laughs> he was also the manager, and also the whole reason she was there was she wanted to bring him Thanksgiving dinner because he got called in last minute. Yeah, so if if anyone has the strongest like natural motive, it's a hundred percent that dude. Especially since he's shown constantly like protesting right Mart, and it's just like you, you guys can just well no they can't just say the thing, but it's like you're not making it hard for us to figure out who you're trying to talk about. Yeah. But it's like he's shown basically the entire movie after the opening act, protesting right mark, taking every opportunity to like talk shit on them and all that. So it's like, all right, if anyone has like bona fide motive and a, and if nothing else, bona fide means, it's this dude. Also, hit to get the killer should be athletic is the fact that he snaps a man's neck pretty fucking easily, like twists his head around backwards. Yes. I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, you know, the, sh the sheriff is a weakling or anything like that, but some of the feats that are shown in this movie are just ones where I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't get it. Honestly, at one point, I thought it was the new deputy, just because of how some of it was going. Yeah, that's fair. But I'm just like, well, why would the deputy, like, be the the killer? And then he's cleared, like, pretty quickly, in all honesty, so I was just like, all right, right it's definitely not him. I'm trying to think. Okay, because that one guy got his neck snapped. And then the cheerleader gets stabbed through a trampoline. Multiple times. Multiple times. Not as gruesome as the uh, trailer original trailer setup it was going to be, but that's probably no. for the best. Yeah, I'm glad that they didn't do that. Cause if I it's somehow right, more uncomfortable because she gets stabbed multiple fucking times. Yeah, like, but I'm glad it. <laughs> I'm glad it not, did not go the way we thought it was going to go. I will say that. Actually, I think it's worse because I think she gets stabbed with the foot first, and that's that's just a horrifying thing to think about. Oh yeah, true. Ah, <laughs> uh, getting mm, nope. Yeah, no. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Yulia gets it pretty bad. Oh, remind me. Oh, the oh the, yeah. The one with the dad who's definitely not a mobster. <laughs> it's like, gets in Mercedes. Where are we going, Florida? Florida? It's like it's like I don't know if that's better, dog. <laughs> Man's probably a career criminal. Florida's probably perfect for him. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Fair. She gets fu She's the one who gets the cord holder shoved in her ears, and then she ends up getting disemboweled with a fucking buzzsaw. Yeah. And poor Scuba there, too. Yeah. He gets strapped up from McCarthy, too, and so... Like, I, if there's anyone I really felt bad for, it was him. Because, like, his whole thing was... He, like, 
he went out of his way to get, like get a gun and all that to sort of beat this guy. And then left the safety on. And he left the safety on, which, in fairness... Good gun safety. Good gun safety, but, man, it's horrible having that happen, just seeing your girlfriend get, getting eviscerated in front of you. Yeah. So, I I, I, I was kind of like, oh, okay, you, you poor thing. Like, At genuinely. least he lives. At least he does live, yeah. But holy shit. <laughs> right. So, uh, the whole family gets kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Jessica gets away. Meets up with the sheriff, sees the killer duck in a warehouse, thinks that it's Bobby, deduces that it's the, that the sheriff is actually the killer because he's got little, what are they called? Dan- I think like it was dandelions on his feet. Yeah, for running through the brush after her when she got away. At which point it's revealed that the entire time that the sheriff is talking with her, he's been constantly dropping hands. It's like, you always got to pay attention to the little details. You never know who you can trust and all that. Yep. And... Then at the end, it's like, wait, wait, before you kill me, I didn't get to tell you, like, what I was most thankful for. And what are you most thankful for? For the wonderful self-reception inside of this booth, inside of this building. Because she's live-streaming his confession using Bobby's phone, which was in evidence on the desk in front of her. Yeah, and what's great about it is that the way she says it, too, was actually really well done. Because I felt like it was one of those things where it's like, this is someone who's clearly very proud of what they've done, but is also still batshit terrified. <laughs> like, yeah. I can, I can feel both emotions in her right now. <laughs> it's definitely the case of, you could kill me right now, but you're still gonna get fucking caught, and you're gonna have to go on the run for this shit. Oh, yeah. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Chase ensues, Bobby helps, there's a truck involved, a balloon full of helium, no leftovers, explosion. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh yeah, they, I think like multiple times they said, it's like, there's gonna be no leftovers, like, oh, oh, they said the thing, they said yeah. the thing. <laughs> the tagline of the movie. Yeah, it's like, drop the tagline. <laughs> and uh, Jessica has PTSD or something, and she's still with Ryan, I guess. Yeah. You know what, I will say... Because I feel like it would have been really easy to do otherwise. I did like that they didn't have it be where she's just like, I should have never left you and got back together with Bobby. Oh no, I don't I don't dislike that she didn't get back with Bobby. I dislike that she's still with Ryan. That's fair. That's completely fair. But I would They're rather both assholes than... of a different kind. Yeah, but I it's the thing of I'd rather have that than just have her be like, I've seen the error of my ways, especially when Bobby's like, tell Ryan he's still a dick, <laughs> even if he is your boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, uh, some good lines from this movie. When when it's brought up that McCarty is selling alcohol to kids, mm-hmm. his assistant goes, it's a recession-proof business. <laughs> this is what just like, that is, and I just love that, because like, that is the realest shit I have ever heard in a movie in a long time. <laughs> no one appreciates subtlety anymore, the killer says, yeah. before hitting someone over the head with a hammer. <laughs> the whole, like, Black Sabbath monologue. Yeah, there's a whole bit where... Some kids are trying to get in his Halloween party, and they ask if it's really all that cool, and uh, he, he he's drawing an analogy of Black Sabbath firing Ozzy Osbourne and replacing him with Ronnie Dio, and it being great, and then the kid just goes, who's Black Sabbath? At which point, McCarty responds with, get the fuck off my property. <laughs> which I admit, I, I, it's very rare I have a moment where even though I know who Black Sabbath is, that I identify with both sides of that. <laughs> I identify with McCarthy a lot more, don't get me wrong, but it's McCarty. like, McCarty, I, I identify with McCarty a lot more, but I was just like, yeah, I, I get it on that other side too, dog. <laughs> oh, and, uh, 
underrated line, we're all gonna end up 50% off. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of solid zingers in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like I, I think my favorite two is like besides the Black Sabbath one is the other one where they also do a wonderful job of using McCarthy McCarty as a jump scare. Where he's just like in the middle of the plaza or whatever and just like shoots off a shot from a blunderbuss and Patrick Dempsey just comes over and is like, McCarty, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you didn't do it with the Boston accent though. McCarty, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> uh let's see, what else is there? I think that's about all I got. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's all I have to add. Yeah, it's 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 still worth watching. It's it's nothing it's nothing spectacular. But it's a lot more yeah. fun than I was expecting to have, and I was already expecting a pretty fun time. Oh yeah, the same. Just don't expect a good killer twist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we already told much. you who it was, but... But still. Yeah. So next week, there's a few options. Mm-hmm. There's Napoleon, which the more Ridley Scott opens his mouth, the less I want to see it. I mean, I'm still probably going to go see it. Yeah, that's fair. It's a historical drama with... Vanessa Kirby. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. I'll probably still go see that one too. I might still try mm. to see Wish. Hmm. And then there's also the wider release of Saltburn. Okay. Which is a black comedy psychological thriller. I think is how it was described. Hmm. And uh, I just recently found a quote about it, but I'm not going to repeat it because it's something else, really. Uh, oh boy. Yeah. So I guess we'll see how that goes. In yeah. any case, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Twitter, Spotify, TikTok, Google Podcasts, whatever you want to do. You don't have to do any of it. Hit the bell. Hit the frickin' bell. Hit the bell. This has been Under the Bridge with Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And with Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And we'll catch you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.